after the timeout. Holden Eddie will now try again. A 42-yard field goal out of the hold of Austin Fisher. There's the snap and hold. Kick on the way by Metton. End of the end. And it is good! Six. Marching Murdoch. In motion. He's got the football now. This is Down the Pipe and Natty Light. Welcome, Cyclone fans, to another episode of Down the Pipe and Natty Light. As always, I'm your host, Levi Stevenson, joined this week by Marchy Murdoch. How's it going, March? March is muted. Going good. There we go. <laughs> feel good Happy to be you know, a. Does it feel good to be a Cyhawk champion? Had Cyhawk football game great. winner. It's been a yeah. while. It's been a minute. It felt felt kind of surreal. I didn't even know how to act. I was just kind of shocked. <laughs> I uh, I jumped into your the Twitter space that uh, Hakeem and you and Charlie Kohler and all had after the game. Yeah, and, it was it was it was kind of cool to have like a uh, Monte and George and Yang was in. Yeah, there. they were in there. Um, George Condit. So it was kind of like a you know good just a good bonding session for for our alumni. Right. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I was watching at I was watching at my parents' place wherever here in here in town, and we were watching with some of our their neighbors, which are Hawkeye, which are are their their Iowa fans. And uh, I've decided I don't really want to watch that game with Iowa fans anymore. It's not a it's not it's not great. Luckily, you probably didn't have to since you're down in Texas, but um, it's you know. yeah. I was I was at a at home man just watching it. I ended up I think I watched the first half. My career, and then I went to my parents' house. It was just kind of, yeah. No, nah, I mean, it was it was stressed. I was, I was stressed out because I was like, "Well, we'll talk about it." But you know, I was just like, "God, Lee, we can't get one drive." And I mean, we've had so many. We've already gave it away some opportunities. So felt like man, felt like Iowa just, State should have had like an extra, of, like probably at least another two touchdowns on the board. Yeah, it was just it was crazy. Like because when we scored, I was like. Bro, if we just kicked a field goal or, like, we score that touchdown in the first half, we're at the one-yard line, I mean. Right. This game's over. If you get any points but, at all, yeah. Right. And then the ending was just so, like, what? Like, I think the refs. I, I swore I swore we were going to get screwed by another picked-up pass interference penalty. I because swore. Because I'm sitting there, like, He's about to kick it, and I'm like, "This is really a 47 yard kick." Like, he's gonna he's gonna this drain is a this. kick where he could drain this. He's, he's gonna make it. Yeah, I I, like, I assume he was making there it. in shock. Like, how in the world did we get here? And I'm just I'm replaying the because it didn't even look like you know the defensive end was offside. So I was trying to figure out like, was he even offside? And then like the answer is no, he was flag. not. <laughs> You give us a flag after making the biggest play of the game that didn't even count, right? So, like, w- w- like, what do you expect? Me to just sit on the sideline and just sing "Kumbaya, my lord"? Like, what do you? What are we doing here? Like, the, like refs, I think, want to control the game so much that it's it, it's it's hurting the game, and it's just frustrating because it's like, dude, if you it, it's a rivalry game. Right, and you make a huge. You literally at that point he didn't know that he was offsides or whatever, and I still don't think he was offsides because I've looked. 
I've looked over and over, and I just don't like. Even though the angle is kind of behind, I, I don't think he was offsides. He he was uh, he was not. Offsides. And so you know that's already a questionable call. But the dude doesn't know that he's got a an offsides penalty. So he's thinking, I just made the biggest. Right. I just strip sack. He thought he just won the game. The game. Yeah, he just thought he just won and the game. These kids are like eighteen to twenty two to twenty three year old kids. And what do you think they're going to do? They just won a, a game they had never won. Right. And it's on the road in a hostile environment. Like, what are we doing? Well, you and know, like, like, there's that there's that old phrase like, oh, the refs lost control of the game or something. That's not reserved for there's like excessive celebration. That phrase is yeah. like that phrase is what happens when like there's players like fist fighting each other. And like, yes, then the refs have lost control of the game when there's players fist fighting each other and stuff like that. But when they're celebrating and the team like accidentally runs on the field on on a, on a play that's going to end up getting reversed and stuff like that, like that's one of those things that's like that's clear. That's a clear misjudgment of what should happen there. Just like last year against Oklahoma State when they called yeah. Xavier's touchdown back for for taunting or whatever. Like you are exactly. clearly you are clearly trying to insert yourself into this game. You're not you're not enforcing this rule to the spirit of what it's meant to be enforced on. Like you're you're just not. You're just you're just enforcing. Yeah. You're inserting yourself into the game. You're trying to make yourself a part of the game, right? When in reality, you shouldn't be. You should. We should not know who your what your names are. We should never notice you. Like and, like at the end of the game, nobody should even know that you were there. Whatever. That's, I mean, luckily he missed. But I mean that if they make that kick and they go into overtime and win. We're sitting here saying, like, we got screwed. We got robbed. Yeah, we got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, so, like, that's kind of why like, of I was shocked. I was, I get, was, I was getting robbed. It's kind of old news game. at this point, though, in the March. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is, obviously. I would know for sure. But it's <laughs> yeah. just like, you're sitting, I'm sitting there after the game and I'm like, <sighs> we won, like, the monkeys off our back. And then I just kind of like, start replaying the end i'm like what was the ref thinking like we should have been taking a knee and getting the heck out of there we're not like they literally had a chance to tie the game and we had no business tying the game right so it's like that stuff's got to get fixed because that could bite us later on down the road those are big 12 refs and it's another case of Big 12 refs not knowing, like, how to just stay out of games. And at some point, that has to be addressed because, I mean, my goodness, like, we've got to, like, it, it, this is, that was, it was ridiculous. I don't, I was looking over and over and over and I'm like, okay, I, I just don't see that he's offsides. And then they strip the ball and make a play for the win. And you throw a flag like, um, if I'm not mistaken, for sideline, you're supposed to get a warning before. You just throw the 15-yard flag? You're supposed to get a sideline warning right. before you get a flag. That was, that was the like, real garbage the part, warning? is there was no sideline warning. It was yeah, never. Like, it was never. Getting, you guys doing? need to get back. Yeah, they just tossed the flag. They tossed a fifteen-yard yeah. flag that immediately put Iowa right on the doorstep of field goal range, with with less than a minute left in the game. Like, what are we doing? Gave him, gave him what 20, 25 yards. 
20, 20 with the, yards with the uh, with the with the offsides penalty that should have never been, and that it was twenty yards. Yeah, I mean, I mean it was twenty yards, and they hit one out route to take it. Then they hit one out route with like uh, Sam Laporta, I think, for like I'm eight holding, or ten I'm yards. Holding my, I'm holding my breath when when I'm they like, hit that when they hit that when they completed that final pass. I assumed like fuck, we're like we're going to overtime. Like, guarantee, yeah, like I guarantee it, we're going to overtime. And I'm like, the only thing that's going to keep me sane is if, and thank God it was rainy. I think he hits it if it's not raining, but the rain and the elements well, may and have. From what I understand is that particular kicker is like maybe not the better kicker on the roster, but they just, they just tried him out there for some reason. I don't, I don't know. Either way, you missed it. Well, <laughs> I mean, Either way, man, we won the game. Absolutely, uh, we did. I felt like we were the better team. It, it felt like it was clear. I, I think we. I think we clearly outplayed Iowa. Like very obviously, I think we made plays, um, but you know, overall, I think it was a really good game. Agreed. I'm still concerned, Levi, with the wide receivers. You are concerned with the receivers. I am. Um, I just think when you get into conference play, I mean, if you again, if you look at the numbers, I feel like. Teams are going to try and take away Xavier Hutchinson. They're going to make it. They're going to make it harder, right? Um, and the, and I know our coaches are going to have to find creative ways of giving them the ball. But I'm also thinking like, if you're a good defense, you're taking away eight, and you're saying, okay, what can the other guys do passing game wise? Um, so that that's something that I'm kind of keeping my eye on because I just know that um, to be a championship team in, in the Big 12, you, you can't rely on one receiver to kind of just be there, you know, every single game, 100 plus yards and, and that and that type of stuff. You need you need multiple guys that can get open. Um, I think Jalen Noel was huge on that twenty-one play drive. Jalen Noel, um, yeah. And even, then was it even the fourth down or third down catch? Um, I thought Aiden Bitter made Aiden Bitter's catch, catch was that was like, one of the that was one of the best it. catches I've seen in the last five to yeah. ten years of cycling. Football. I didn't I didn't think he caught it, and then they showed the review, and I'm like, he two feet it. down, two feet down, not yeah. even just one. He had both like, feet down. And with the end, he had the hand under the ball. Perfect. Like it, was, like, it was textbook. Oh, it was incredible. Um, and then it was it was incredible because then right after that, Xavier Hutchinson makes a crazy catch. So so I, I pointed story. that out in the film room article I did this week. Is that like is that the both catches were incredible? But part of the two was like the throw from Hunter Deckers on both of those was pinpoint. Like the the both of those plays were nearly they were they were both of them were basically entirely un, undefendable. Because if you look at that first yeah. one. Hunter Deckers throws that. Uh, he's on the opposite hash, 15 yards downfield. And he throws that just a little behind towards his outside shoulder and about a, about a, you know, about a yard out of bounds or something like that. Where literally only Aiden Bitter can get to it. He's the only one that can touch that pass. And which is a, which is an important spot to put it because when you have that one, you know, when the ball's traveling that far, obviously the defender has a lot more time to react to it and potentially jump it forever. But the defender was, was shading behind him upfield so he throws it behind him on that on that comeback and Aiden gets right over to it and makes like I said one of the best catches I've seen in the last five to ten years from a cyclone receiver um 
And then right right away the next play, they line up. Well, one is fine. One thing I'll mention too is how they how they lined up Xavier and how they matched him up. Um, but they you know they basically said they saw he saw X on one on one coverage with Riley Moss, and they sent him on a go route essentially. And Hunter Decker saw that immediately planted his foot and sent it downfield to X's outside shoulder while Riley Moss was shading inside because he's a he's a corner that likes to gamble a lot. He was playing inside to try to cut something off. Well, Hunter Decker's on a long throw hits him right on that back shoulder. X makes an unbelievable adjustment in the air. Like I like that catch. Like there's there's a lot of times where college receivers make. And college and pro receivers make hard catches look easy. That one looked hard, and he still made the catch. Like, um, Marty, you, you can comment on that at all. But I mean, like, his, he was he was coming back and kind of fall. He was falling backwards towards his right shoulder, kind of over his body, and also falling to the ground while drifting towards the sideline and trying to keep. I mean, like the the athleticism and balance required to make that catch was super impressive. I mean that that's the throw was just so beautiful, wasn't it? I mean, it just um, just dropped it in. I mean, it, it it was so beautiful because even if Xavier doesn't come down with it, no one else could get Riley it. Riley Moss had no chance at it. Um, but I think that's one of the hardest catches to make. That's one of the hardest things to do in the sport is to catch the football and you're leaning and you're tracking the football like that. Right. Um, but he's seen, obviously, you can kind of tell that he works at it because he makes it very routine. Yeah. He, I think he did it again. He almost he, did he it He almost again. made a one-handed catch that was yeah. just like it, it, was, it later was in like, the game. He almost like, caught it. Like, if he catches that, it's number one play. I mean, it was it was a it was a, like a mirror. Easily. Yeah, it was like a mirror of that Odell Beckham catch. I mean, it, yeah. it would have been uh, bananas, and he almost made it. I am going to say I'm like, I don't care how I looked. I'm extremely impressed about how Hunter Decker's carried himself in the game Saturday. That's one thing. Even if we would have lost, I would have said that he carried himself like he he's the guy. And here's the thing. It shows that you know it was a good thing that he got to sit he got to see Brock in these type of situations he's came into the games a couple times in the past couple years and he's he's played so he he wasn't nervous you can kind of tell early like you know the confidence was there everything was there um whether you know, maybe some things happen on certain plays. Um, he, he threw a bad pick, but I mean, guys, no, I don't, I don't know the statistic on this, but a, you're at the one yard line in the beginning of the fourth quarter, 99 yards, uh, and credit the defense, by the way. I mean, goodness, two special teams, I talked about it last week and said that they uh, had special teams. teams. I mean, it, it, the punt team was atrocious. I've never seen a guy come in. Uh, I've never seen a guy block two punts in a game. It's worth the noting. Same guy did it. This might actually be worse, but the first one was actually a shanked punt that went off his helmet. Like it wasn't, 
it wasn't he stuck his hand out and got the first yeah. one. It was a shanked punt that went yeah. off his helmet. And, and so I'm, and, but it was it was Tyler Perkins, true freshman punter, never punted mm-hmm. at Kinnick and all this. Like I'm going to attribute the first one to nerves because he he had a couple other punts that game that were that were just fine and they were and actually were pretty good. Um, so like I'm I'm going to kind of chalk that up one to like kind of tr- tr- true freshman nerves on the road. Um, but you're I mean you hit the nail hit I mean. It's the same. It was the same guy, and they put you know. To me, if you have, if you're keeping protection up that close to the punter, they can't like they can't approach it the same way that a an offensive lineman does pro- approaches pass protection. I mean, because pass protection is designed to sort of redirect rather than to stop. Well, you can't just you can't just kind of absorb that. You can't just absorb that uh, absorb the uh, the rusher or redirect them on a punt because they can just stick their arm out and block the punt. You have to, you have to push them back and you have to stop their progress forward towards the punter. And on both punts, the rusher uh, was a Van Ness. I think is his last name or whatever. He went, he went straight at, he essentially went straight at the, uh, the blocker and pushed him back and then stuck Mm -hmm. his hand up and blocked it. I mean, to me that, I mean, to be frank, I mean, this is like, I mean, that to me, it's like a coaching, like to me, you would, to me, you would coach that blocker and say, you cannot sit there and wait for him to get to you. You have to go get him and push him out. You have to push him away from the punter to give him an extra step. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm not even like, I didn't play college football and I'm not a special teams coach, but even I can look at that and say, this per this player has not been coached properly on how to block for a punt. Right. Like, I mean, like, I mean, like it. It look. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with the special teams. Uh, they've got to get it fixed. It's bad. I mean, it's but, bad. It's it's bad. It, it, I mean, it's bad. I mean, if I'm Ohio, I'm thinking, man, we could block a kick this week. No shit. I mean, it's, right. it's bad. Yeah. Um, but the ball was. They got the ball to the. Well, I want to say like the two three yard line. Yeah. He's about to score. And I went, I thought it was Orion Vance that knocked out, but it was actually TJ Tampa. Tampa. It's TJ Tampa. I didn't see it until I I even tweeted after the game and Orion, I'm like, you made the biggest play of the game. I mean, if they score right there, no. the game's over. To credit Orion Vance, he actually did he actually did have a good game. Uh if you yeah. go back and watch tape, he actually did have a good game. But TJ Tampa yeah. TJ Tampa uh, had a good enough game and made enough big plays that he deserves kind of his own his own special recognition. Yeah, because like, I don't know if, yeah. you, if I don't know if you remember seeing him, but not only did he punch out that fumble earlier in the game, he tipped the, the ball. He tipped. The yep, he tipped yeah. the ball straight to Colby Reader uh, on Iowa's what we thought was going to be their last drive, but what ended up being their second mm-hmm. last drive. He deflected that pass on third down earlier in the game. He was a uh, uh, matched up on Sam Laporta. Actually, was on the last one too. Mm-hmm. But early in the game, he was matched up on Sam Laporta, and he came around on a dig route and actually gave TJ a push. And TJ did a great job. He recovered, came up, and deflected it down, or whatever. And actually, well, actually, that was the deflection to Colby Reader. Is that he? He was yeah. actually he actually got pushed out of the way, came back, recovered, tipped it over to Colby Reader, who got that interception. I mean, TJ made three to four. Like huge, huge I mean, plays. I mean, on the end around too early in the game. Yes, I mean, he absolutely. Made a deep tackle for loss. 
he he, he blew up a screen for he, he blew up a bubble he, screen for loss. Like I mean, he had, he had an outstanding game. Yeah, I, th- I think Kobe Reader was Big Twelve newcomer of the week, but I think TJ Tampa should have. I don't know what happened around. The yeah, so he should have been in the running for defensive player. Yeah, d- defensive player of the week. I think you force a fumble, you get a pass breakup that leads that ends to in an interception. interception. Yeah, and I think he had a couple TFLs. Yeah, he had at least and two. I'll say this. Yeah, I'll say this. Um, I think Brian Peavy the was one of the best tackling corners that we that's played in this and our in our program since sure. Matt Campbell's yep. been there. For sure. But I can't remember a time where we had two corners that were sound tacklers. I think uh Miles Purchase and TJ Tampa They're quite the duo. did an exceptional job in coverage. Uh, for the most part, Miles now, Purchase I, had a three play sequence there that was really, really cool. That was a really neat yeah. sequence because he I, he had a deflection, and then the second play they came right back at him, and he deflected it. But they called him for a pass interference, which on the replay was bullshit. Like it was not. Yeah. It was the softest pi. And then the next play, he comes in and blows up a run at the line of scrimmage. Like mm-hmm. three plays right in a row. Miles Purchase, bang, 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 yeah. whatever. And then you have all those and plays I, by TJ. I think our corners were played really that if that was something that you know I I would have thought win or lose our corners came down they were sound tacklers but they were good in coverage I Agreed. think TJ Temple was good in coverage now I do think Iowa if you're looking back at the film they're thinking God Lee we had at least three to four drops maybe on I don't know if it was on second or third down that would have led to first downs some but, drops and some know, really bad throws by Petrus I think. I think <laughs> I think it was tight coverage, and that's what you want. You want to make it tough on him. Uh, but just to go back yeah. to Hunter Deckers, TJ Tampa makes the biggest play of the game. But to be at Kinnick Stadium, you got to go 99 yards for your life, for, for your life at yeah. this point. And – you go down the field. Now, also, I got to say this. Man, that offensive line played their butts Yes, they off. did. Yes, they did. And this is the first time that, that honestly, even when we played in 2017, that I could see them. They're, they're pushing around. Iowa's, yeah, they were pushing, pushing them around. Iowa around to the point where Jarrell Brock was getting holes and he was hitting it and he and he. He saw holes and he hit him. That first big, the first big run. So they ran a QB screen, got a penalty. They got an offside on Iowa. And then the first next, the next run right after that, Jarrell Brock had like an eight yard run or 10 yard run. If you watch that, watch Zach Ross on the right guard or whatever. He just pancakes his dude. I mean, he, like, he immediately turns him, puts his ass on the ground and Jarrell Brock right through whatever. Like, I think, I think that was, there was, I, I feel like there was so many kind of, unsung heroes in this game for us to just keep us in the game. And that was mainly the defense. Um, But again, the unsung heroes and the true heroes was the offensive line creating holes for Jirel and creating pocket space for uh, Hunter to go and Hunter to throw the football. But in the end, your quarterback's got to deliver some throws. Yeah, and he's got to be calm, cool, collected on third down. And I think that whole drive, I think we had about three or four third downs. Five of them, where <laughs> five of them, where you know that extended the drive. And then as each play kind of went along, 
that twenty one play drive, man. He just stay, defense, he just stayed composed the whole time. You just you you get it's just it's so hard to be out there for twenty one straight plays. Um, well, they and, after that and like between that drive and the next one, Iowa's defense had been on the play for twenty five of twenty eight plays or something like yeah. that, like something crazy. I mean, so uh, it's I mean that's. I mean, it's just beyond that's that's a lot of balls, man. Twenty-one play drive, ninety-nine yards. You cl- you take up so much time, which was the underrated thing because it gave it forced Iowa to kind of go in survival mode. And that very next drive, they couldn't do it. Which is my point. When we took the lead, I was like, "This next drive is the game." I think this next drives the game. If we can stop them, get them off the field, and get the ball back and be able to run the football like we had been doing, I think we win the game. And ultimately, it almost got taken away from us, but we won the game. And I thought Hunter was very composed. He was in Kenny. I think he was composed early on. I think he sat in there. Um, he did it, try and scramble out. Uh and he made some good stuff. Now, we had some self-inflicted stuff, you know. I mean, getting in the red zone three times, we've got to come away with more than three points before that last drive. Even just field goals in those type of games, you know, you got we got to somehow get points. You can't turn the football over twice. And I'm sure that's something that they'll, they'll be talking about, you know, one with Jirel and one with um, – Hunter trying to force it to 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 Hunter in double coverage, but again, he was composed. He let it go, and he kept playing. And right. that showed me that, hey, we got something here. Like this is the guy. Uh, and so I'm excited to see how how this you know this season continues. I'm definitely putting us on the upset watch this week against Ohio. Um, oh, yeah. It, it's it's tough to play a rivalry game with so much emotion like that and to come back the next week, you know, with that with that same with hunger, the same fire. Yeah. Saying, I, I know Coach Campbell's drilling. Coach Campbell's probably thinking, I don't want these guys looking to next weekend. Uh, so I know this is, this is a huge weekend. Ohio, I think, just played Penn State or something like that. Yeah. Doesn't really matter. Uh, obviously, there's some things we got to do on offense. We we got to we got to find another receiver. I also think we need to find maybe we need to. It, it, I really am intrigued to see because it looks like Norton's the two back in my eyes. I think Eli Sanders. He's well, just. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if Norton. I would be surprised if Norton plays this week. No, like, I, well, I'm I'm saying I I think they rest him. Yeah, I think I think they'll rest come him back yeah. for next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it looks like man, from the little we saw, he has that it. He kind of has that it. He does. I think he does. I he's think he explosive. has that. He's just an explosive. Where runner. like he's the next guy up. Like I think it'll be him and Chirell during the season. Just got to keep him healthy. Um, and with that being said, I think those are kind of the two issues. I mean, the offensive line kind of showed me that, you know, 
we right. can we can open up run holes. And so if we can do that consistently, I mean, Iowa's defense is not slouch here, you know. Right. They've played really well. I mean, if you're Iowa, you give up three points the first game and ten points the second game. And guarantee you if they you tell Iowa fans that at the beginning of the year, they say that they, they're two and oh two and, yeah. and they're going into Nevada. Feeling um, good about themselves, not. yeah. Yeah, right. But the now they're one and one, so and they bad. hate them. Now they one and one, and they hate. They want to fire everybody and get rid of the whole. And they want to fire, and they want to fire, and you know, yeah, that, that's a tough deal. That's a tough deal that they're going through right there. And then they just announced that Spencer's the starting quarterback again. We are all very sad about uh, Iowa if struggling. Spencer, if I'm Spencer, this has got to be one of my best games of my career, man. Because if you go out there and you stink it up again and you almost lose to Nevada or you lose to Nevada, there's no going back. Like, there's no way they can put him back out there. I'll tell you but what, that though, March. Has nothing to do with me. I think even if Spencer Peters is bad this week, he'll still start next week. Because from what I understand, is that the two guys behind him are actually worse. Like, they're not, they're, they're not better than Spencer Petros. And which is alarming because Spencer Petras is one of the worst college quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, yeah. so but what I understand is that is that one, the guys behind him aren't better. Two, mm. Kirk Kirk Ferentz is also an extremely proud guy, and he yeah. does not he he cannot live with the idea that he with it basically having to admit that he was wrong. He 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 is not that won't sit with him. He's not going to let that yeah. happen. So as far as I mean, I I would be I'll have to see it to believe it for them for me to see Kirk Ferentz actually bench Petrus like for more yeah. than just the rest of a game or something like that. I mean, like actually remove him as the starting quarterback. I would be I would be very surprised. That yeah. would be that would be a complete one eighty from how Kirk typically runs his team. But, uh, but overall, um, and I want to credit that defensive line too. Man, that MJ Anderson, man, that was a sick move to get that sack at the yeah. end of the game. So one of the that things spin was nice. It was, and actually, so they one, one thing that was interesting that's worth bringing up is they ran this package that with it was basically just Will McDonald, Tyler and Yedem, and MJ Anderson all as stand up defensive ends, and those were the only three pass rushers. But they all started standing up. They, they had no down defensive linemen, or whatever, and there, and they ran it a couple times. And the the times they ran it, they got a ton of pressure. Of just having those three guys, having basically having three defensive ends as stand up rushers, just as those are your only three, as those are your only three pass rushers, and they got pressure with it. So I don't know if maybe that's something to keep an eye on going forward. Is using that? I think I saw on Twitter. I don't remember who was, who it was, but someone said that it was it was a they called it a, a NASCAR package that apparently the Giants in the early two thousands when they had you know they had Michael Strahan and OCU Manura and Jason Pierre Paul when they were kind of you know those guys or whatever. And when they had those three guys, they would run this package where they ran all three of those guys as stand-up edge rushers, essentially. And I think, and someone pointed that out, this, that this set that they used with Will McDonald, Tyler Yedem, and MJ Anderson is is you know, is pretty similar to that. So that's a really interesting little wrinkle they threw in there. Uh, and I'd be curious to see if they use more of that going forward. Um, yeah, they do, because, man, that was... Uh... It was effective. I mean, the movie made. If, if I don't know if people are watching, but the movie made, man, that was uh, that was some. I mean, that's some. That's some that like really good. That's like the shit you see on guys that are getting drafted. That's the shit you see on the tape yeah, for that guys was that are getting stuff drafted. You see on Sundays. So right. One thing I want to. One thing I do want to say though is that while I, you know, I'm glad we 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 took the time to to spotlight TJ Tampa and stuff like that. 
I it, and we do and and that like that in that package that specific package because we might see it more. But it was really hard to dev- to evaluate how good the de- defense actually was last weekend because Iowa's offense is so monumentally bad that like it's it's hard to look at. It's kind of like it's it's honestly it's almost worse than an FCS team because it's not like playing you and I where you and I is not an explosive offense by any mean, but they're really fundamentally sound. They've got good offensive line play and stuff like that. So, you know, like if you're, if you're doing a good job and you're not getting beat in the trenches and you're, if you, you know, you're having success in, on the lines and stuff like that, and you're holding them down or whatever. And, and, you know, making it difficult for them. Like, you know, you can at least look at your defense and say, okay, the fundamentals are there. The offensive line is there, things like that. But, Iowa's offense is so bad. I don't know how you I don't know how you grade a defense based on how they play Iowa. One, because like I said, Iowa's defense Iowa's offense is one of the worst college football offenses we've seen in a long time. Right now, Spencer Petros is currently on pace to have the second worst single se- have the second worst single season QBR in the history of that statistic, which are like the QBR rating is probably, I don't know, 10, 15 years old now or something like that. I remember when it kind of first showed up, probably in like mid to late two thousands, maybe. Um, it's a, it's a little bit newer statistic than like traditional QBR, traditional like passer rating. Um, but like in the history that QBR has existed in college football, Spencer Petros is currently on track to have the second worst season ever in terms of QBR. His QBR season QBR is like three point one or something like that. He had a blistering day last weekend with a QBR of like eleven out of a hundred. So like. Terrible, terrible quarterback, horrible offense that hasn't been updated since 1998, whatever. Like, I don't know how you evaluate a defense against an offense like that. That one doesn't run a scheme that anybody else runs. Nobody runs anything like Iowa. And that offense is so bad. Like, they can't, they just can't throw the ball. So, I I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling to look at how you evaluate a defense against something like that. But... The other the other side of that too is I was defense is I was defense is exceptionally good. They're they're very they're I mean they're as good as advertised. Um, so the the success that I would say did have like in the running game and and we saw um we saw the offensive line have a good game against a very good I was I would defensive line. Um, that is in you know in in contrast very encouraging compared to what we saw like the defense due to the Iowa offense, which is you know who even knows you know the defense didn't really have to do much. <laughs> To, to slow down the Iowa offense, they kind of slow themselves down. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think, yeah, with that defensive line, though, just with Iowa and how and how good they are, um, that's something that I kind of tip my hat to the to the defense, the defensive line, because you know those boys have given us problems for a while. So uh, for our defense to to kind of our defensive line to kind of you know kind of handle up front, We're almost good. And again, our corners now, our corners, you know, it, it, I agree. You know, their their offense is so bad, you can it can almost just kind of be like you know misleading. Uh, but again, man, I, I, you know, I was still. Um, with their special teams and their defense, they're a tough team, dude. Like, there's no way a regular team, you know, is even winning that game going into the fourth. Like, like I'm sitting there and I'm like, we're out playing these dudes, and 
somehow I'm pulling my hair out and we're not even winning the game, but we're it. We're on the, you know, we're, we're close to winning the game. Like it's just, it's just weird. And I, I credit them. Uh, but you know, against those big 12 offenses, I guess, um, which is why I think this week it, it would be intriguing to me just because I have no idea what Ohio has, but, you know, well, can I can, I can tell there? you, I can tell you that Ohio is pretty bad on both sides of the ball. They're a little bit better offensively than defensively, but they're 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 pretty bad on both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, so I mean, it's it's still going to be intriguing to me how we come out as a team. I'll be, I'll be uh, curious to see what the energy looks like, just to see if yeah, they're, what, it, is, what does the energy look like now? Nah, we'll say this. we saw it the first it's week it. and we saw it against Iowa too, but there was a times that they were successful playing with tempo. And I'll be curious to see if like they come out with that energy to play tempo and stuff is like that. Is it an that. eleven o'clock game? It is a one o'clock kick. Okay. Baylor is an eleven o'clock kick, which sucks. Yeah, which I saw that, which I, I'm kind of shocked because I was thinking with us winning, that would be almost a two thirty ESPN kickoff. Well, two thirty is I kind of like two thirty is is isn't as isn't as popular a slot as either eleven like eleven and then like the late kick, like a seven o'clock kick. Those are the those are more popular than like the three o'clock kick. Yeah, but uh, and like I said, I'm intrigued to see how we come out uh, going into this game. Um, and then you know, obviously, you know, head in the next weekend or you know to next weekend. So, um. Again, I was impressed with the team. Hey, we finally got over the hump. The monkey's off our backs. All right, now we can now let's let's take this momentum and you know continue to push on. I also, um, man, I wish I was in Ames uh, for this Saturday weekend because I really feel like it'll be rocking. Now that we've beaten Iowa, I think you know. That that can kind of spring us into that Baylor game where it, it could be it could be loud in there. I know people are going to be up early for that one. So again, hopefully we take care of business, man. Because I'm really excited, uh, man. It, it just feels good to get that monkey off our backs again. I was just sitting there and I was just like, dang, we did it! Like, you know, I don't even know what this is. My first win as an alum. You know, or just in general being with Iowa State. So it's right. just something that, you know, it, it felt good. It felt good. I felt uh, happy for Coach Campbell because he finally got the monkey off his back. Um, I thought that they would like mob him or, you know, coming into the press conference, he would, they would ask him to talk about how big of a win this is for him. And, you know, he always down, he's that type of guy that always downplays it. But I think deep down, he really wanted this game, so happy for him. Well, I think someone kind of did ask him about it a little bit, but then he he he, uh, he pivoted to he's like, you know, I spent this whole summer coaching sixth grade Gilbert girls softball. We we won the championship and all this or whatever. And like like he like like that was his first move. Is that like it's like he he, he like he he did he did play it down and say, you know what, like. I'm more proud of you know, I'm even more proud of us winning the the sixth grade softball championship or something like that or whatever it was, and it's like you, like yeah deep down you know he wanted this game bad, and it's like that but he's a humble enough guy that he recognizes that like his players deserve the credit for it and all that or whatever so like I I really like that was a, that was a great moment and then uh, I was at Tuesday I think for the for for the press conferences or for you know, for the the weekly media day 
whatever TJ Tampa TJ Tampa wore a you know, sixth grade Gilbert girl softball championship T shirt to the to the press conference. So that was pretty funny. How did they even get those made? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they like if like Campbell like you know what you know what I bet happened is like they like they won that and then Campbell immediately got like like a hundred T shirts for everybody in the program to wear. I got. Yeah. I, I bet. I bet he did. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be that's that's probably exactly what he did. But, uh, <laughs> just to just to just to show off. Yeah, just to, just to, you know show off. You know, he he kind of talks about how you know he good of a coach he is in other sports. So yeah, but again, man, just happy for him. Really happy for that whole staff, Coach Haycock. For sure. I mean, he's he's always coached a pretty good game, man, against Iowa. So. It's good to see that Coach Haycock and, you know, those guys um, that are still on staff got to see, you know, yeah, you know the fruits of their labor, man, because, again, they deserve it. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's been – obviously, uh, we know, but, you know, the rest of the world, that's, that's kind of been a – everybody knows about Coach Campbell, but that's kind of been like the, the kryptonite for us, man. We just, we just couldn't get over the hump for some reason. And we were, you know, we've been so close from the muff punt with an opportunity to win a couple years ago. I mean, you know, 2017, uh, just, it's, it's just been, I mean, there's, I'm probably forgetting of another game. Even last year, it's just kind of yeah. like, God, Lee, when are we ever going to get this thing done? You know, yeah. like, what are we doing? Uh, but we, we, we got it done, you know? We did. So now, I'm, like I said, I'm intrigued to see how do you respond after a rivalry game, a huge rivalry game win? Because I think if you go out there and you perform, that puts that shows everyone that we can be for real. We're mature enough to move on and take care of business. And now that you go into that Baylor game, and if I'm not mistaken, Baylor lost to BYU. Now, BYU's, I mean, playing in Provo. BYU's good. They're good. Uh, but, you know, very, you know, you're watching that BYU game and you're like, you know, we just played in an environment kind of like that. So with them having to come to Iowa State, you know, the, the, I mean, that's a game where you can come out and you can you can make a statement. Uh, but first you got to take care of business against Ohio. So that's just kind of my thought process. For sure. Um. You know, it's like you said. You know, we can talk a little bit more about Ohio, but there's I mean, there's not a lot to talk about necessarily. I mean, they're a, they're a G five, a lower end G five opponent um, that Iowa State should. I think they're like nineteen and a half point favorites or eighteen and a half, I think. Which I kind of almost thought it would be a little bit more than that, but I'm okay with it not being more than that. Um, but like March said, I mean, I, for me, as long as they don't come out flat, like I want to see a least a little bit of energy. It doesn't need to be perfect or anything like that, but come out with good energy. Um, you know, and, and, and some good intent. And I think they should be able to handle this game fairly easily. Um, let's go on. You want to do our, uh, our, uh, our players to our, our MVPs and our predictions. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. Let's go offensive, well, offensive and defensive MVPs. And then a score prediction. You said you want me to go first. Yeah. Yeah. You go first. Okay. Okay. So my offensive, my off our player to watch MVP, um, this week is gonna be, um, it's gonna be Aiden Bitter. 
Um, because I think there's a chance that Jalen Knoll might have be limited a little bit with you know, he's a little bit banged up. So he might be limited this week. And and Aiden Bitter is next on the depth chart right behind him. We saw him have a big catch net last week. Um I'm sure Zay I'm sure X will have a good I'm sure X will have probably whatever seven to ten catches or something like that. Um but I'd love to see Aiden Bitter haul in three or four of them or you know, three to five catches or something like that. Um, and really see his development and see what he can do. So Aiden Bitter is my offensive player, you know, MVP or player to watch um, for Saturday. Defensively, um, I'm going to say Will McDonald. I know that's kind of a cop out, but I, I want to see Will McDonald finally get a sack. He's got he's got a couple fumble recoveries. He's got he's made some really big plays. He's and he's been like his his impact on the defensive line has been extreme has been significant up to this point because he's eating up so much attention. Um, but against a against a weaker opponent. Um, I want to see him get get a sack. I want to see I want to see him get a few you know get some sacks so he can. Um, I want to you know get him get him going towards beating the you know setting the Big Twelve sack record. Um, so I'd like to see what McDonald get a sack or two this weekend, um, assuming he plays. Like, you know, he's got he's gonna like he's not hurt or anything like that. But like against Southeast Missouri, he didn't he probably didn't even play half the game because they just ran a lot of the younger guys for a lot of that. So I'd like to see what McDonald if he's playing. A, um, a bunch of the game and I'd like to see him get a, get a sack or two. Um, final score prediction on the nightcap. I said 37, 17, but now that I've had a, some time to think about it, I think I'm going to drop Ohio down a little bit. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 30, I'm going to say 35, 13, 35, 13. I don't think they're going to score two touchdowns, but a couple field goals. I'll say 35, 13 Cyclones. What do you got? Um, you, need, you need your players and your prediction march. What you got? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> did you do special teams? Oh, I did not. But my special teams player is definitely, definitely going to be Tyler Perkins, uh, the punter. I don't know. If, I don't know how much we're going to need him on Saturday. I, hopefully not. Hopefully not much, if any. But if he does, I want to see some confidence. I want to see some good kicks and stuff like that. Because you know, when you're a young kid, you get a punt block. Sometimes that can really hurt your confidence. Now he did. Mm-hmm. He did have a couple other really good punts later in that game. Um, but I want to see him come out, yeah, boom, a couple of them. So Tyler Perkins. Okay. Um, I think my offensive guy will take Jarrell Brock. Uh, I think just in this game, you kind of, you would like to see, you know, the run game kind of hit, you know, I think if they are that bad defensively, we'll be able to run the football on them. Um, so I go with Jarrell Brock. I think he'll, kind of start to assert himself as the number one running back. So I go with him. And then for defense, I'm going to go Anthony Johnson. Um, I think he had a sneaky good game where I know we talked about the corners last game, but I thought he had a really good game um, as far as just being the team leader, communicate, making sure everybody's in their spots. Um, and he looks kind of natural at the safety position. Now that I'm I'm watching him and seeing him play, he looks kind of natural. And obviously, he's got the cover skills because uh, he played corner. So uh, I'm gonna go with Anthony Johnson. I think these are those type of games where you know somebody on the team gets like one to two picks, and I think he'll get one of them. And, he, can, he can be an enforcer. He can be plays. he can be an enforcer on that back end, right? Ohio. And you know, he even made a play. You know. Yeah, he did. On the late drive, uh, you know, forcing it. I don't know if that was a PBI or what, but he forced the uh, the ball incomplete pass 
on uh, a blitz. So I'm going to go with Anthony Johnson. Um, and then special teams wise, I'm going to go with whoever's the punt returner for this week since um, looks like Noel may not may be limited. Um, um, I'm expecting them to punt the ball a lot, so which means the punt returner will probably uh, have a lot of, you know, room to go out there and make plays. And I'll be curious uh, whoever what, that is. Say, I wonder if it would be like Demetrius Stanley. I think it, they might put him back there. Yeah. That was one game. That was one player I kind of I meant to touch on earlier. That we when you were talking about the receivers, he had a tough uh-huh. day. He had a tough tough day. Yeah, Iowa. he had a tough day. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll bounce back. But he had he had a tough because that's a guy that we you know you and I have been looking at is like this could be like the third guy after X and Jalen or whatever. You know this this could be the third guy to, to step up or but he had he had a tough day last weekend. Yeah, he did. Uh, so like I said, man, I mean, going into that Baylor week. We've got to have guys that, because they're going to key on with Dave Aranda too. They're going to key on Xavier. So we're going to need guys to step up and get open. Can't just be one guy because eventually the right team will have the right scheme and then everybody's going to follow after that. We got to be able to, obviously, we got to be able to move him around, find ways to get X to football. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that, you know. Uh, I was just uh, Deckers. Uh, he he needs to have confidence, enough confidence in those guys, the, the same, those other guys, the same way he has uh, with Xavier. So, I think that's something that I want to see on uh this this week, right? Um, against Ohio is, um, I, I pray that we have a huge lead and we can just get those guys out, so that way. Uh, those other guys can come in and we can see like, bro, who can get open, <laughs> you know, like who, right, right. who can, who can go out there and make those same type of plays because, you know, eventually, man, we're, we're going to start seeing some really good teams. I mean, I don't know if people watched Kansas state, and Missouri last week, but man, it just, you know, I mean, yeah, Kansas did State's anybody solid. see Kansas beat, West Virginia, Kansas, Kansas is West, suddenly a team you don't mess around with. Like, I'm look, I'm, I'm scratching my head. Like, as soon as we beat Iowa and get pretty good, now all these teams, you know, Kansas State is always, you know, usually they, they, they have their years, yeah, of being good. So that's not surprising. But that Kansas win at West Virginia was very shocking. Um, I, I think Kansas was a team in the pre in the over in the off season. Kansas was a team I thought had a shot to make a bowl game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've always know, been I've always I been was, a I've always been a big Jalen Daniels fan uh, since because he played he I think he got maybe it was even his first start, but he he, he played really played against us in twenty uh, twenty nineteen. I want to say at at um, at Kansas or no, I've been twenty. 2020 when we played at Kansas um he played and we we I mean, we kicked the hell out of Kansas that game because the Kansas was still really bad but um Jalen Daniels while while not like super efficient he threw an interception some of like that because he was you could just tell he was young really exciting player he's a big time runner he's got a good arm stuff like that like I've, I've I was a fan of him right after that you know from that game on basically um so Kansas is, is no longer a pushover 
West Virginia, they're, they, honestly, they're probably not the worst team in the conference anymore. I mean, yeah. I would say probably West Virginia right now. Maybe, maybe yeah, Texas Tech. I mean, West we'll Virginia, but it's, it's just crazy because West Virginia just played at Pittsburgh and they played them close. I mean, it went in overtime or it was right, like right. close, something like that. So, yeah. I mean, this, that old Big 12 that people were talking about, man, it's not going to be. No, there's no punching bags left there's in the no, conference. No pun- if Kansas is winning at West Virginia, West Virginia's fighting against Pittsburgh, who's a pretty good team. There are no slouches in this conference. So we've got to buck, like, you know, like we got to be ready to go. Up. You got to be ready to go every week. to go. There's no, this is Kansas. We can slow play it and then kind of ease our way through. Like, you know, they can smack you in the mouth and then. And we play, yeah, him, we play him. We play him in points. Lawrence. We play him in Lawrence too. We play him in Lawrence, so it's like, hey, now, you know, yep. hope, you know, because I didn't see any of the game. I didn't see any highlights. I just see on the ticker Kansas won. So I'm like, what? And yep. so I'm like, wait a minute, like this should be getting talked about a little bit. So I'm looking and I'm looking. I'm like, wow, you know. And so yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, that's. You know, and then you look at that Kansas State game against Missouri. Is Missouri the greatest team? No, but that's an SEC team, and they put it on them forty to twelve. Wasn't close. So, yep, that's something you got to keep in the back of your mind because, you know, for sure. uh, I mean, no pushovers left in the league anymore. There's no pushovers, and got to be on your game. You got to be able to score points, and you gotta have, and the, the way you score multiple points is having multiple receivers that can that can create separation you and know, get the football. With the Iowa game, Iowa State has now unlocked the yeah that hot early start that we've always dreamed of having, mm-hmm. where you start off hot and you know, three, four, five, six, and zero, oh, whatever it is, whatever yeah. you know. They've unlocked that 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 opportunity for themselves now, where you can go there and you take care of business against Ohio. You get Baylor at home, and all of a sudden now you're four and zero and stuff like that, and you're definitely ranked, and you're whatever. You know, all of a sudden, you, like doors begin opening up for you pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a big opportunity. We'll see. It's a young team, but mm-hmm. uh, the a young team with some veteran with some veteran experienced leaders in some key positions, which is kind of a really good, a nice little mix to have actually. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. It's really exciting, but. I think we're going to wrap her up for this week. You got any final thoughts, March? Nah, man. Just, you know. Don't fuck just, it up. Just win. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess this thing up. Yeah. All right. Very good. Well, everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Down the Pipe and Natty Light. Uh, for Marchie Murdoch, I'm Levi Stevenson. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Go Cyclones. <laughs>